Moed Katan Daf Vav, the last thing we were discussing was that we are allowed to mark any area where there's a Safek Tum'ah on Hola Moed to make sure nobody steps there. And we said an area that is in Safek is if there's a branch covering an area or if there's a protrusion of, of the stone coming out of a wall covering an area or a Sadeh, which is a Bet Peras, an area where a grave was plowed over there. We're allowed to put markings and monuments in all these areas. This way, no one uh, walks on it and, and, and becomes Tameh. And with that, we're starting Vav Amudale, four lines in, where it says, If there's a field that we're not sure about, we can't rely on if there's trees or not trees. We can't rely on that. There has to be a rabbi, a Tamid Hacham, to, uh, to explain to us what went on over here, not everyone is an expert in the of a cemetery or a field, and that's why you need a rabbi there. What do you understand from here? That's That if there's a Talmud in the city, all the halachot, anything that has to do with halacha in the city, is his responsibility. And Amar of Yehuda, Matzah Evan Mitzuyanit. If a person found a marked stone, Tachtei Atameh, right under it is Tameh. Shetaim, if someone found two uh, stones that are marked, Imiyesh Seed Benehem. If there's a limestone in between them, then Benehem Tameh. Then in between them is Tameh. There's probably two over there, and that's why they put the limestone over there. Veim and Seed Benehem. And if there's no uh, lime in between them, then benehim tahor. Then in between them is considered tahor. And the Gemara has a problem with that. Uh, in between is tahor, the afagav, the lekahoresh, and even though there's no sign that someone plowed in between them, meaning if the land looks straight, could be under it is tameh. If it was plowed, then you know it was messed around with, and you know then there's nothing there to worry about. So you're telling me if there's no limestone in between them, it's just tahor? And by the way, Tosfot is very interesting. Tosfot, it says maybe there's a heres in between them, uh, some sort of pottery to show that it's Tameh, but it's different sugi altogether. So the Gemara asks, you're going to tell me that the area in between is Tahor, even though there's no sign that someone plowed there? If someone found one marked stone, under it is Tameh, it all depends. If it looks like someone plowed over there, then benehim tahor ve'imlav. And if it looks like nobody touched that area, benehim tameh. And even if there's no limestone, still uh, it's tameh. Why? Because when a person put uh, them uh, both next to each other, it, the idea was this is tameh, that was tameh. And be careful in between is also tameh. So aman of papa. No, so there's a difference. Hachan our brayta where it says between the two stones is tameh is kshasid shafuch al rashehim. The limestone was poured on both of these stones. Umrude lechan ulchan, but it's been like already spread thinly all over the, this side, that side. Then iika horesh benehim. Then if it looks like someone uh, plowed over there, then benehim tahor. Because you could always say that because of the plowing over there, everything was peeled off. And that's how the limestone got there. But if there's no sign of plowing, then you have to say that the limestone that is in between was done on purpose, and that's why it's to tell you that it's Tameh. 
And you have to say, uh, Rav Yehuda, in the beginning, he was talking about that there was no uh, limestone in between at all. And then, Bichal, there's no worry uh, if, if maybe it was Tameh or not. There was no question. Now, let's go back to something we learned before. We said that if there's a monument that is Tameh, don't make the monument too far off the actual Tum'ah place because we don't want to lose from Eretz Israel. And Amara Biasi, Biasi said, Metzer Ehad Metsuyan. If one of the four boundaries around the field is there's a sign on it that says, or there's a, it's been colored or something, there's a sign that it's Tameh or there's limestone, then who Tameh? So just that line, just that area is Tameh, but the rest of the field is Tahor. Shenaim, if two of the borders are Tameh, or there's a sign that it's Tameh, those two borders are Tameh, everything else is Tahor. Same idea with Shelosha. If there's three borders, Hem Temeim Vcholasidekula Teora, those three borders are Tameh, but the rest of the field is Tehor. However, Arba'a, if there's a sign or there's limestone that's showing that all four borders are Tameh, then Hem Tehorin, the border is Tahor, Vcholasidekula Temeabat, and the rest of the field, everything inside is Tameh. And the reason the borders are tahor, they should be tameh also. No, the reason they're tahor is the Amar Mor, En Marhikin Zion Eretz Israel. We don't distance the marker from the actual side of the Tum'ah. This way we don't lose Eretz Israel. So if the if the borders were also tameh, we'd have to move a little bit outside that area also. So obviously the Tum'ah is inside. And if the marker is by the border, then you know it's Tahor. We learned in the, in the Mishnah that on Holomoyed, the Shilihai Betin are allowed to go out and check to see if there's Kilaim that are growing and they, and they have to check to see what's going on. So the Gemara asks about Kilaim, wait a second, do we go out on Holomoyed for, uh, for Kilaim? Or, or Minu, we have a bright shekelim On the first of Adar, we tell, we announce to people, they give you Mahatita Shekel and uh, make sure your field is not filled with Kilaim. And Bahamisha Sarbo, on the 15th of Adar, Korin at Megillah, Bakirakim, we read the Megillah and the walled cities. And the, the messengers go out to take out the thorns from the roads, and to repair the streets, and to measure the mikvaot, and to do whatever the people need, and we mark the graves, and we, go on, uh, we actually go out to the fields to look for a kilaim. So you see, this is already a month before. This is on the 15th of Adar, not on Pesach, not Holomoid. So the Gemara explains, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Yosef, Hanina, Hadamar, Kan Bebachir, Kan Bafil. One of those two said, well, depends. Uh, when we go out on the 15th, that's going on the Bakir, the early crop. And when we said we go on Holomoyed Pesach, that's uh, on the, the, the crop that came out late. The Hadamar, one of them, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Yosef, Hanina, said, Kan Bizraim, Kan Birakot. Well, depends. On the fifteenth, we go out to take the seeds out of the ground, and on the uh, and the one that we got on Holomoyed, it's talking about actual vegetables. Then you have to actually pluck them out. 
And Amar Rabbi Asi, Amar Rabbi Yohanan, all this, the, the 15th of Adar, or the, the fifth, or Holomoyed Pesach, is Loshanu Ela She'en and Isan Nikar. This is if you don't see the blossom of the Kilayim before this date. About the Nitzan Nikar, if you're able to tell the blossom and you see, hey, this is Kilayim, then you'll see Nalehem, then you could even go out earlier, the Shalichai Betin, come and block it out even way before. So the Gemara tries to understand. Why do we go on Cholmoed on Kilaim? So Amar Biyakov, Amar Biyohanan, Mishum Sechar Peulad Mosle Gaban. If Betin is paying for it, it's easier to find people to hire on Cholmoed when no one else is allowed to work. So we could find them for cheaper if we tell them you could come work for us on Cholmoed. And Amar Bi Amar Bizevid Vite Amar Bishashia. What do we see from here? That when we give these, uh, these betin, we're going to go pluck the kilaim, we pay them from the terumah of the lishka. And that's why, since we're giving them kodesh money, we're going to try to be as cheap as possible on them. Because if it's coming out of the owner's pocket, meaning uh, we're going to send the shlichai betin, and if they have to pluck your stuff, you're going to have to pay for it. That we give him for the owner. What do we care for? Not Meaning it could come out anyways. We could find them and say, listen, we'll send them before the holiday, after the holiday. You're going to have to just pay whatever we want you to pay. So now the Gemara asks the question. How much kilayim has to be in the field for us to send messengers to start plucking it out? So Amar of Shmuel by Itzhak, Otashan, you know, like we learned in Masechet Kilaim, If you have a se'ah size, which is a six cub, and you have a quarter of a cub of a different seed in there, then you got to reduce it, meaning you got to pluck out the Kilaim part. And the Gemara asked the question, but wait a second. We have a Braita that says, If we walk in and we see Kilayim, we could say the entire field is ownerless. You lost your entire field. So the Gemara explains, No, they're not contradicting one another. Khan, when we said just pluck them out, that's Kodem Takana, that's before the famous Takana. And Khan, when we said that we're going to make the entire field ownerless, that's Lehara Takana, after Takana, the Tanya. What's this takana that we all talk about? Originally, the shlichai betin would come and they would pluck out all the kilaim and throw in front of the owner's uh, animals. They're technically kilaim yelada havana from it. And because of that, and the owners of the field were happy twice. Okay, they're cleaning up my field. They're taking this out. They're fixing this. And number two, they're giving to my animal to eat. So I have people do great work, big work for me, and I'm getting it for free. So therefore, what happened? And then they were they were going to pluck it and throw it into the into the streets. I don't know whoever wants to take it. Okay, but they were still happy. I was very happy that, okay, they're cleaning up their field for them. Therefore, Therefore, that if you have kilayim more than that and you're not going to take care of it, fine, no problem. We're going to make your entire field ownerless. Next, Mishnah. Next, Mishnah. 
in a field that's filled with water, we'll call it a sadebet abal. You don't have to give it so much water. You're allowed to make a, a channel of water, a duct, a gutter, or something like that, from one tree to the other to bring the, the other tree's water because the other trees that don't have water are considered like a beta shalachin, a field on top of a mountain that doesn't have water. So you're allowed to help it out. As long as you're not going to give water to the entire field at once, that's already too much work. But from one tree to another, that's not a problem. And number two, if there's plants that didn't get water before the holiday because they didn't need, don't give them water on Hola Moed. Allow it. And the Gemara starts, If it was a moist field before the holiday, it didn't need water, and then it dried up. Mutar, even according to Rabbi Ezebun Yaakov, you're allowed to give it water. And Tanya Nemiachi, we have a bright like that. When we said we can't water them on the holiday, these were talking about uh, seeds that didn't get water before the holiday. But if they got their water before the holiday, to give them water on the holiday. And number two, and if it was a moist field, also it's mutar. And number three, and we don't water a dry field. The field was always dry on Hola uh, Moed. And Tosfor explains all this is either way, and Hachamim allow in the first case where you're allowed to give water to uh, seeds that never got water before the holiday. And the third Dean also where it was a dry field, you're allowed to give it water on Hola Moed. Shema mina, what do you understand from here? Hai tar bitsa, shayel tar wotzeh b'chula de mo'ada. You're allowed to sprinkle water on a garden, on chola mo'ed. And the reason is because, pay attention, sedeh garid, a regular dry field. Mai ta'ama, what's the reason Hachamim said you're allowed to give a water? Because de'afla, because some some plants just grow late. And therefore, mashveh la harfa. And when you sprinkle and you give them water, it helps them grow faster. And even though this is an extra, it's not saving a law, still hachamim or matir in this type of case. And then you have to say the same thing, just spraying a garden, afla harfa. A late crop will turn into an early crop. So you're helping also, and it should be mutar. And tan rabanan, marbitsin sede lavan bashevi'it avaloba moed. One may sprinkle water in a field of grain during a shemitah year, but not al hola moed. Wait a second. But we have another bread that says you're allowed to sprinkle water whether it's holom or shmitayer. So Amaravunalakasha, no contradiction. Ha Rebila Aiza Ben Yaakov. One is Rebila Aiza Ben Yaakov, who said as long as you don't give water to the entire field. And ha the one that says you're allowed to do it in Holmoid and Shemitayer, that's a Rabbanan, they but here to give water to the entire field. And Tanya Idak, we have another bread. Marbitsin Sedela Van Mirev Shibiit, Kedashitsu Yarakova Shibiit. You're allowed to sprinkle water on a 60 year so the vegetables can come out on the seventh year. And not just that, you're allowed to sprinkle water on that grain field on a Shemitah year. So the vegetables can come out on the eighth year. And the idea is because sprinkling is not a real melacha, it's only tolda, and therefore you would be able to do it as long as it's not too hard of work. Now, next Mishnah, Sadinata Yishut, we're allowed to trap a mole 
that dug its way into the field. From a orchard or from a grain field. The usual way, you don't have to do any shinui on Holomoid and a Shemitayir. The Hachamim Omrim, well, it depends. Misadai learn from an orchard. Kedarako, you let it trap them a regular way because over there there's a real big loss. However, when it comes to a grain field, you have to do it. You have to do some sort of change because the loss is not as big. And they're allowed to seal any breach in a wall of a garden. You can do whatever you want. You can build regular. There's no issue of building on a Shemitah here. So the Gemara starts. My Ishut. What is this Ishut uh, business? It's some sort of creature with no eyes. It's a rodent that digs holes in the ground and causes damage to roots and vegetables. And Amaraba Barishmael Vitemarab Yemar Bashel Meyam Mekera from which Pasuk Kemoshabelul Temesia Loch Nefel Eshid Bal Hazu Shamish. The Pasuk is talking about a snail that melts and disappears like a young mole, which is the Eshet, Ishut, that doesn't see the sun. So you see that it, it's blind. Tan Rabanan, Sadinata Ishut with Akbarim, Sedelavanum, Sedeidan, Kedarko. One is allowed to trap the mole and the mice from a grain field and from an orchard, usual way. And you're allowed to damage the ant holes. So how do you destroy it? You take dirt from one hole, you put it in the other one. And they start uh, strangling each other. The idea is they don't know each other, they, bring, they they see ants, they don't know, they think they're stealing food, it becomes a war, and let them take care of themselves. That's only if they're on two sides of a river, so you have to bring dirt from one side of the river, put it in the, in the hole in the other river. Again, they, they can't be a, a, a bridge in between, so this way they could cross the bridge. And there's not even a board that they can walk over. And there's not even a rope that's stretched over the river, meaning they, they can't be anywhere where they can go from one side to the other. And Ad Kaman, how far they have to be from each other? Ad Parsa, they have to be a Parsa far away from each other, and then you know that they don't know each other. And then if you bring dirt from here, put it there, they'll uh, they'll strangle each other to death. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen. Ve'amen.